You're listening to the Normal Podcast, where we talk about relationships, self-development, pop culture, lifestyle, basically just cool, bougie, modern-day African auntie vibes. Hey guys, welcome to the Normal Podcast with me, Rini. Today, I'm flying solo dolo without my co-pilot. This is the first episode of the Truly Crime series, where I talk about one of our favorite subjects, true crime. Our first true crime story is one that is etched in my mind, and I honestly feel in the minds of every African woman who was on Twitter in 2019. This is the story of Uyinene Murwachana. Uyinene Murwachana, officially known as Nene, was born on 20th April 2000. He was born in East London, Eastern Cape, South Africa. Uyinene came from a very close and tight-knit family of her mother, Noma, father Philip, and older brother, Esona. The family lived in the affluent suburb of Beacon Bay, East London. Her family described her as smart and studious child who, at the age of four, requested that she go to school. She attended Hudson Primary School, where she chaired the Students' Council and was awarded the Hudsonian of the Year Award. She went on and attended Kingswood College for her high school and completed her matric in 2018. Soon after graduating high school, she joined University of Cape Town as a film and media undergrad. She's described as a serious student who still had fun in uni and was very warm-hearted and kind to her friends. Winena lived at Roscommon Uni Residence in Claremont. Our story starts on the 8th of August. Uyinene visited Clarenrake Post Office in Claremont to inquire about a package. She had made an international online order and went to the post office to make this inquiry. She made this inquiry to a postal worker named Leander Botta. Now, before I go into further details, I'll give a little background on Leander Botta. He was on a list of 300 post office employees who had been flagged by the State Security Agency in June 2018 as he had been in jail for armed robbery and hadn't declared it to South African Postal Services. However, despite being aware that he had a criminal background and a criminal conviction and that he hadn't actually noted that when he was employed, South Africa Post Office did nothing. And so a year later, Luyanda was still employed by South Africa Post Office. South Africa Post Office were later to be sued, rightly so in my opinion, by Uyinene's family. So let's go back to the 8th of August, when Nene makes an inquiry. The package hadn't arrived. However, Luanda informed her that whenever the package would arrive, he would personally give her a call. The safe package arrived on 16th August, 2019, but Luanda did not immediately contact Nene. Instead, he contacted her on Saturday, the 24th of August, and told her to come in the afternoon, even though 
the post office closed at 1 p.m. Uyinene used Taxify, which is a taxi app, to go from Roscommon Res to the post office. The taxi dropped her off outside the post office. She was seen leaving Res at 1.30 p.m. This was sadly the last time Nene was to be seen alive because as she stepped into that post office, Nene would be raped and brutally murdered. I'll put a trigger warning right now for the next few minutes um, for the graphic and disturbing descriptions. The Lord have mercy. Where's Box of Radio? Okay. 39 minutes, Mark. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to the Normal Podcast with me, Rini. Today I'm flying solo dollar without my co pilot. The reason being is this is the first episode of the Truly Crime series where we'll talk about one of our favorite subjects, true crime. Our first Truly Crime story is one that is etched in my mind, and I honestly feel in the minds of every African woman who was on Twitter in 2019. This is the story of Uyinene Murwechana. Uyinene Murwechana, officially known as Nene, was born on 20th April 2000. She was born in East London, Eastern Cape, South Africa. Uyinene came from a very close and tight-knit family of her mother, Noma, father, Philip, and older brother, Esona. They lived in the affluent suburb of Beacon Bay, East London. Her family described her as smart and studious child who, at the age of four, requested that she go to school. She attended Hudson, Primary, Hudson Park Primary School, where she chaired the Students' Council and was awarded the Hudsonian of the Year Award. She went on and attended Kingswood College for high school and completed her matric in 2018. Soon after graduating high school, she joined University of Cape Town as a film and media undergrad. She's described as a senior student who still had fun in uni and was very warm-hearted and kind to her friends. Wayne lived at Roscommon Uni Residency in Claremont. Our story begins on the 8th of August, 2019. Uyinene visited Clarenwick Post Office in Claremont to inquire about a package. She had made an international online order and went to the post office to make this inquiry. She made this inquiry to a postal worker named Luanda Otter. Before I go into further into the story, I'll give a bit of background into Luanda Otter. He was on a list of 300 post office employees who had been flagged by the state security agency in June of 2018. The reason he was flagged is he had been in jail for an armed robbery, but he hadn't declared it with his employer. However, despite them knowing that he had been in jail for armed robbery and secondly, hadn't declared that he had a criminal background, when um, South Africa Post Office found this out, they did absolutely nothing. So a year later, as August 2019, Deanda was still employed by South Africa Post Office. Um, and aside is South Africa Post Office uh, were to be later sued 
and rightly so in my opinion, by Wien and his family. Okay, let's go back, right, to the 8th of August, where Uinene, I will refer her affectionately as Nene going forward, where Nene makes an inquiry. The package had not arrived. However, Luanda Bota informed her that whenever the package would, would arrive, he would personally give her a call. The said package arrived on 16th August 2019. But Luanda did not immediately contact Nene. Instead, he contacted her on the Saturday, 24th of August, and he told her to come later on in the afternoon, even though the post office closed at 1 p.m. Nene used a Taxify app to go from Roscommon Res to the Claverick post office, and the dropped her off outside the post office. She was last seen leaving Rez at 1.30 p.m. This was sadly the last time anyone who knew Nene was to be see her alive. Because as she stepped into that post office, Nene would be raped and brutally murdered. I'll now put a trigger warning for graphic and disturbing descriptions before I read Leander's Botter's statement on what happened to Nene once she stepped behind those post office doors. Okay, so the statement reads, I, Leander Botter, was employed as a teller at Clarenreg Post Office in Claremont. I first interacted with the deceased on 8 August 2019 when she entered the post office to inquire about a parcel she was expecting. The parcel contained clothing she had purchased online. The parcel was not available and I told the deceased I would contact her to tell her when the parcel was available. The parcel arrived at the post office on 16 August, 2019. I registered the parcel on the same day. On Saturday, 24 August, 2019, I reported for duty at Clarenwick Post Office. The post office was due to close at 1 p.m. Shortly before 1 p.m., my colleague, Soraya Abdullah, went home as per an agreement between us, leaving me alone in the post office. I contacted the deceased to inform her the parcel was available for collection. The deceased used the Taxify taxi service to travel from my residency to the post office. She arrived at the post office after closing time. I unlocked the front door and the deceased entered. When she entered the post office, we were alone in a locked post office. When the deceased searched her bag to pay the requisite customs fees, I started making sexual advances towards her. The deceased did not respond and looked scared. I grabbed her by the waist and forcibly pulled her closer to me. I proceeded to sexually touch the deceased against her will. I inserted my fingers into her vagina. I then inserted my penis into her vagina. The deceased fought me whilst I sexually violated her. She managed to run to the door, but I caught up with her and knocked her to the ground. I dragged the deceased to the safe inside the post office. I locked her up inside the safe. The deceased screamed while inside the safe. I choked the deceased, 
she fought back and kicked me. I took a two kilo weight to weigh the packages received at the post office and used it to bludgeon the deceased to death. I targeted her head. I left the post office and consumed alcohol outside a nearby liquor outlet. I returned to the post office shortly thereafter. I covered the body of the deceased with cushions, a blanket, and a jersey as she lay in the safe. I left the post office in the evening. I returned to the post office in the early hours of Sunday, 21st August, 2019. The area where I attacked the deceased and where her body lay it was covered in the blood of the deceased. I proceeded to clean up the inside of the post office to remove the blood from the scene. I waited until it was dark and requested the security officer who patrolled the outside perimeter of the post office to allow me to park my motor vehicle in the yard of the post office. Once parked in the yard, I placed the body of the deceased in a large postal mail bag and carried her body to the motor vehicle. I transported the body of the deceased to a field in Lingaletu West and dumped it in a shallow hole. I then drove to a nearby patrol station, patrol. I returned to where I disposed of the body of the deceased, doused her with patrol and set her alight. I admit I did so to defeat or obstruct the course of justice by destroying forensic evidence. I admit I hired someone to clean my car to destroy forensic evidence. I admit the body of the deceased was discovered on Monday, 26th August, 2019. I admit she was correctly identified as Uyinene Moeshana. That was hard for everyone who stayed with me through that bit. Um, it's hard whenever I read the statement um, even when I was preparing for this podcast, this evil human being, which is the only apt way to describe Luanda Botta, used the trust people have on the state, the sanctity of the state, abused the state infrastructure at his disposal to lure Uinena, rape her, and kill her. This man told her to come later on in the day because there had been a power outage. And so he wouldn't have been able to process her payment, which is a valid, which is something that is valid, right? Because South Africa, Africa as a whole, experiences power outages, right? Power outages are not out of the norm there. So to tell someone, oh, I can't process your payment if you come earlier, it's valid. It's, it's not something that you would think twice to be like, oh my God, he's lying. It's something that happens, especially in South Africa. It's nothing that you would think, oh, that is like something suspicious. It's not. So Yunene goes to the post office. He loses her inside. He assaults her. She fights back. He rapes her. She fights back. She tries to run away. He trips her. Then this man drags her into a safe. He's choking her. She's fighting back. She's screaming. 
he then blanches her to death, leaves her body in the safe, in a post office. Like, all this is happening in a post office. <laughs> when you think about it, where are women safe? Okay, sorry to go off on a tangent, but this makes me so angry. So angry. Anyway, we'll go back to Saturday, 24th of August. Uh, when Uyinene didn't return, her friends and family began a search. The hashtag Bring Uyinene Home started on social media. UCT students went out on a march on Sunday, the 25th, um, handing out flyers and spreading information. The Pink Ladies organization, which helps in the search for missing women and children, also helped in the search. Nene's family also hired three private investigators to help because there was also a lot of fake news circulating on our whereabouts on social media because we all know how Twitter is. They held night vigils. And everyone was, even though everyone was really worried, they were also very hopeful. And so even though Uyinene's body had been found by police on a routine patrol on the Monday, the 26th, it was yet to be identified. So the searches carried on until Luanda was arrested on Thursday, the 29th, 2019. So following Luanda's arrest, there was remembrances and memorial services were held at uh, UCT, which is the University of Cape Town, and Ravitz University. There was also a large protest which occurred at the World Economic Forum on Africa in Cape Town on the 4th of September, where South African President Cyril Ramaphosa was president. President Ramaphosa also attended an even larger protest outside Houses of Parliament, Cape Town, the next day which gathered an attendance of several thousands of people. The hashtag AmINext gained prominence during this time and was a major motive behind several of the protests. Nene's death and the rape and death of other women precipitated widespread outcry that led to a two-day campus shutdown at UCT on the 5th and 6th of September. Um, as you will all relate to, the reason MI Next was this was a post office run. So women, women felt like, still feel like they can't be safe anywhere. On the 5th of November 2019, the Director of Public Prosecutions for Western Cape stated that. The further investigations that had been ongoing had presented evidence to show that Luanda would also face rape charges. Advocate Rodney de Kock, who had been in charge of Luanda Bota's case, revealed that Luanda was liable for four charges, two counts of rape, murder, and defeating the ends of justice, also known as obstructing the course of justice. On 15th November 2019, the jury in Western Cape High Court gave their verdict on the case. And Luanda was sentenced to life behind bars. 
Leander pleaded guilty for killing and raping Nene. The judge declared that he would serve a life sentence for murder, two life sentences for the two counts of rape that he was charged with, and five more years for defeating the ends of justice. The court went further to elaborate that the life sentences would run concurrently, meaning he's never leaving jail. Now, I will read how some of Uri Nene's friends described her, and some of these quotes are actually from when they just found out body had been identified that it was Nene. So her friend, Kaseko Majume, said, she was a really holistic person, very focused. She had a lot of things planned for the future. I remember struggling before assignments with you, and she would always come and check up on us. You could count on her. She was a genuinely fun and funny person. Tumelo Koela said, we had all thought she might be coming back, and we're making plans for when she did. Now with this news, it's devastating. She wanted to travel everywhere. She had big dreams. She should have been able to go to the post office. She should have been able to go wherever the fuck she wants. True. Another friend said, Uinene was always aware of her surroundings and in the past had taken steps to ensure she did not have to walk around alone. She was very cautious of her surroundings. She knew the city is dangerous. She wouldn't even go around the block by herself. She was someone who was so cautious. She didn't walk by herself. And yet, because it was a post office, should have been a quick post office run, right? You get the taxi, you pick up your package, you get back in the taxi, and you go back. For someone who is so young, she was 19, excited about the world, a quick post office run ended with rape and murder. On the 29th of November, 2019, the Riene Murwechana Foundation, founded in Makanda, Eastern Cape, in celebration of her life. The Uyinene Murwechana Scholarship was also founded for female students in the humanities faculty at the University of Cape Town. In 2020, Nene posthumously received the Neil Agat Memorial Award from her former high school, Kingswood College. As a result of her death and the rise in femicide in South Africa, Hundreds of protesters took to the streets with MINX posters to emphasize that all women in South Africa were unsafe in a crime-ridden South Africa. South Africa is also ranked as the fourth highest country for the murder rate of women. According to the 2020 statistics from the South African Police Service, a woman is murdered every three hours. And according to a statement from South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa in June 2020, 51% of South African women have experienced violence at the hands of someone with whom they are in a relationship with. 
Uyunene's murder was in 2019. Her murder had been highlighted as further for, that it highlighted further the, the national problem of gender-based violence and femicide in South Africa. And it was credited with shifting the South African collective consciousness and in quotes, igniting a movement. However, the figures that I've just said were from 2020. In 2020, when we had a global pandemic, South Africa's president, Cyril Ramaphosa, in June 2020, whilst giving COVID-19 update, had to also mention the 51% of South African women have experienced violence as a hands of someone with whom they're in a relationship with. And to pull out a, a plea to South African men to stop the femicide because the numbers were high amidst a global pandemic. This is worrying. A South African woman is murdered every three hours. In a day, we have 24 hours, right? So every three hours, that's eight women are murdered in South Africa in a day. Mathematicians do it for a week, do it for a month, three months, a year. Staggering, frightening numbers. Yeah. Every, a woman is murdered every three hours in South Africa. And this is not just a South Africa problem. This is a Nigeria problem. This is a Kenya problem. This is an African problem. Here in the UK, Sarah Everett was killed by a police officer, someone who also abused his power and the sanctity of the state. So, guys, I hope you've stayed through to the end. And I know our first truly crime story is a heavy one. Because in talking about Nene, or Nene Mirwechana, we are also talking about the femicide of South African women. We're talking about women's lives not being valued as they should be. And... Honestly, that's why I settled on this case because, yes, we're talking about a true crime, but we're also talking about an issue at hand. As you can see, in as much as the conversations um, happened on social media and there was supposed to be a shift in people and in people's consciousness, when Nene's 
murder happened in 2019 on the 24th of August hasn't changed because a woman is murdered every three hours. And 51% of women in South Africa, this is not even the women that have been murdered. No, this is 51% of women in South Africa have experienced violence at the hands of someone with whom they're in a relationship with. Anyway, guys, let us know your thoughts on the series. We will cover more crimes, um, mostly with women in the crime as the perpetrator or as the victim, but that would be normally, of course, always on brand. Um, so, yeah, guys, um, I hope you stayed with us right to the end and let us know your thoughts and, of course, share this podcast. And please, 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 I plead with you on behalf of myself and Cookie, who's here in spirit, Follow us on Instagram. We are now on Instagram. Our page is Pod. That's N-O-M-W-E-T-O-D. Follow us. Comment. Send us some crimes that fascinate you or that you feel, you know, should be discussed further. And we'll talk about it. Thank you, guys. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Share it everyone you know because you know it's the first series and it's the first episode and yes please share it and leave your comments on soundcloud and on itunes we're also on spotify and we're on instagram so follow us there and let us know your thoughts thank you so much for listening guys bye